We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Welcome to Kirk Your Enthusiasm. I'm Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of MavsMoneyBall.com, and I'm joined by somebody that everyone in this podcast should know. And if you don't, well, you're in a special kind of uh, media hole where you're missing an entire lane of content. I'm joined by Bobby Corrala, but I don't know what your title is anymore because you do so much different, different stuff for the Mavs. So why don't you start with that, Bobby? Kirk, well, I appreciate you having me. Um, my official title is digital content manager but i'm not an, i'm not under contract or anything and i don't i don't have a job description so i'm just gonna trust well, that that's still my title but i don't even know like digital just encompasses basically anything because i have seen you on valley sports i have seen you on my computer in multiple uh avenues I, i'm sorry you're just you're everywhere and you know before we talk a little mav shop at the end what I wanted to do, um, and, and you know, this is Mike Fisher, of all people, told me this a long time ago. He said, you know, I kind of think of of Dallas sports content like an like a restaurant row where you can kind of go sample and choose what you want to what you want to eat, what you want to find. And I think, you know, it was one of the wisest things he said to me early in my career. And I, I think he's absolutely right. And over the last I want to say two years, the, the Dallas Mavs is a team have really kind of um, bully balled their way into uh, into a media space because there's a thirst for what you and I, the word you and I always laughingly hate, uh, content. Um, <laughs> you know, my, my you were writing little bits in here and there for the Mavs. You've worked for the Mavs for years doing all sorts of different things. And now all of a sudden you're, you're hosting, uh, you know, last season you hosted a, a video, you know, a, a Twitch stream show, which was really fun, though I wish you guys almost put it up on, on YouTube because I miss it half the time. And now you're going to be on the radio. So so why don't you uh, start with um, telling us a little bit about Studio 41 and what you guys are, are looking forward to doing this year? Yeah, so this was like at the height of COVID um, 
basketball was sort of being played in arenas where people were sort of allowed to go to, you know, mm. this was, this was kind of the, the peak of detachment from real life sports. Um, American Airlines Center ended up opening up during the 2021 season, but it wasn't until maybe halfway through the year or something. I mean, there was just such a disconnect between the team and the fans in a way that had never really been the case before. Yeah. And so uh, my boss, Mike Marshall jokes that he created this studio so that I would like have to work and I could something to do. because like during this whole process, man, like no one could go to the games. There just wasn't a lot of stuff happening. And so we were kind of sitting around twiddling our thumbs like, well, it's kind of on us to bring the fans as close to the team as possible. You know, if they can't physically be here, then we should try and do something for them. But also it's a new era, man. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new life and all that stuff. And I mean, between, between everything that you guys are doing at Mavs Moneyball, between you know what Isaac and Nick are doing at Locked On, and just like more and more and more and more fan podcasts, and uh, like bias slightly does or slightly bias does uh, does like his own streams, and we God, got those videos kill me. Yeah, they're funny, man. And like Reddit <laughs> Mavs is out here killing it too. So like, there's just way more stuff out there. Um, and kind of our our my personal concern at one point in time was just oversaturation. Like, there's just too much of it. How much Bobby is too much Bobby? And then we get to the point where it's like, dude, screw all that. If fans can't come to the game, if our arena is going to be closed, if, you know, there's there's no way for people to really physically make contact with the Mavs at all, then there is no such thing as oversaturation. There's never too much content. If people like it. They'll come watch it. And if they don't, they have 7,000 other options. And yes. so we just started to do a bunch of stuff. Uh, we turned an empty, what was an empty air conditioning unit storage room or something. And it was very dusty. We cleaned it out, and uh, my coworker Jason Chenick built a gigantic studio. Well, a studio that filled our space. I wouldn't say it's gigantic, but it's big enough for me. Um, and the two of us, and and Katia Vialba, who spent years working on the Valley TV broadcast, and now is with us. We're just churning out stuff. Last year we did Twitch; it was all live. Pretty much everything was live. There wasn't as much produced stuff. This year we're going a little more toward uh, production side. A lot of like film breakdowns. Um, you know, roundtables, podcasts, things like that, that we can put on YouTube as well as, uh, you know, all your other podcast channels while still streaming a little bit at night. Um, and then the radio show, 97.1 The Freak, you know, the Eagle relaunched, Ben and Skin are, are taking over the station. And they said, hey, if, if we're the Mavs flagship station, we should have some Mavs stuff on the radio. Mm-hmm. Kind of like The Freak self-identifies as not a sports station. They're going to talk about whatever they want to talk about but they still want to have some Mavs content. And so Skin was generous enough to, to give us a time slot. And so we're just going to start filling it up with Mavs content from us and then also from other people. Like I'm hoping to have you on. I'm hoping to have other people from kind of the local media on to give people, you know, an alternative perspective. Because Kirk, I think it's pretty safe to say that we don't always agree on everything all the time. Oh, God, no. No. I mean, that's what, you know, this is a such a difficult market for basketball. And this is a little inside baseball, folks. But I think if you're listening to my podcast, you don't mind that. Um, the Cowboys are such an overarching presence on everything. So for sports talk radio and for, you know, even TV to some extent, you know, you just it's football, football, football. I mean, even WFAA covers high school football better than we're able to cover Mavericks games, meaning Mavs Moneyball. It's like the stuff that there's just kind of a, a massive appetite for football. Obviously, it's, it's no I have no problem with that. Yeah, but I was covering of- high school football before I was covering the Mavs. Like, in <laughs> fact, 
there were times where I skipped Mavs games to cover high school football. Like that's uh, how important it is. It's 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 and you know what for for people outside the area it's kind of hard to contextualize, but it's it's wild. I'm going to my high school reunion next week, and there'll be fifteen thousand people at my high school football game. Um, <laughs> that's Coppell, yeah. right? How are y'all yeah. doing this year? Uh, not great, but that's okay. They're still fun. The uniforms look cool, and uh, every it's 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 a fun community activity. But I bring that up in the context of of basketball talk, where you know you said something earlier about, well, I wonder if it's just too much. And I remember thinking that kind of early when I started dipping into podcasts right around the start of the 2019 season, you know, Nick and Isaac had, they were actually, we considered them Mavs Moneyball staffers because they were posting their stuff on our sites. And we wanted that because we're like, oh, well, we're not going to do a podcast. We stink at this. And then, you know, what I was finding um, was that, I wanted to talk about basketball, not type about basketball. It's a distinction I think that matters because I find the discourse to be really inadvertently toxic when you're simply only on a keyboard back and forth. And so that's one of the things that that I, I love that you guys are doing, particularly with this Twitch stream, is um, when you're doing these live shows, you're interacting with audience, you're, you're, you're talking to your colleagues around the horn, depending on who's in there. Uh, you know, Katya, Isaac, from time to time, our guy um, is talk was there for a couple of episodes last year, which was really fun. And like that sort of, you know, putting, um, you know, I, I kind of refer to it as like the democratization of content, where I think if you have something to say, and you enjoy doing it, which you guys clearly do, because number one, like the studio 41 guys, if you haven't checked this place out, you know, you said Jason, uh, what's his last name? Uh, Jason Chinnick goes by he Chopper just like chopper like the design of the studio is so cool like i want to see what the heck those vhs tapes are that are over <laughs> underneath one of the tv like we, we just... got to find a player that works <sighs> well yeah that's actually quite hard but it's it's really something and it's it's i think it's really smart of of, of the mavs to let you guys and mike you know do this because there's a community like people want community particularly with basketball. And what I've found even being back here in Dallas, you know, cause I was in Virginia for a real long time is that even within Dallas, it sometimes feels a little bit hard to find people who are into the Mavs. Like I am because everybody's just kind of a diehard Cowboys fan. Everybody has life going on. So it's like this sort of thing where you're, where you're creating smaller communities to which, you know um, you can find people that are up your alley is I, I just think that's really important. Well, thank you. And, and to give people kind of an idea you know, not even every NBA team has full-time people on staff to even write for their website. So, like, team-produced content is still it's a relatively new thing. I mean, we're talking, like, within the last 10 years is when teams finally started to do it. And to my knowledge, no team does any live stuff. You know, like, the Raptors make really good documentaries. The Bulls do some really good behind-the-scenes stuff. But, I mean, even some of that stuff is lacking around the league. And so... You know, for a really long time, it wasn't even something that we thought about doing because we just didn't have people on staff that were capable of doing it. And then furthermore, you know, there weren't enough other outlets aside from like your Dallas Morning News, Fort Worth Star-Telegram, ESPN. There weren't a lot of very like knowledgeable people in the market. But now, dude, like there's so many fan podcasts that are way better than like professionals would have been able to do even a few years ago you know well, like I, fans are catching up the fan base is becoming more educated and so from our perspective it's like we we're like we're not doing a service to our fans like we're doing a disservice if we don't give them better stuff and more stuff and also if we don't involve them more like there used to be this firewall like maps people only 
there's no mm. company line that we have to tell all the time or whatever but like it just was the case bring on maps people but now there's so many people like you and so many you know other people on different platforms where it's like no let's bring them on they're just as smart as we are well and it's funny that you say that because earlier today nico uh call, uh the nico harrison the the gm of the dallas mavericks um went on the ticket to talk to two guys who i'm sure who are in certain circles everybody knows who these two guys are i have no idea who they are i have never listened to the ticket i probably may never listen to the ticket because talk radio is not my thing and from what i've heard and this is not to i I certainly do not mean to take shots at local radio you go to where the audience is but what i've sort of found is that part of why we have such a market is because within the this dallas area there's not people that are super versed on the Mavericks. There's a few guys who really love the team, but they don't like basketball is a secondary sport to them, or in some cases third. And so that's, I think why, why this is so um, valuable, what you guys are doing. And then what Nick and Isaac have done for a real long time, because there was just clearly people out there who wanted like hyper specific coverage of something that has become you know kind of unfortunately in my opinion a bit of a year-long sport and so it's 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 really fun particularly if you can um particularly if you can elevate like a lot of the the positive of within stuff you know it's ridiculous that i'm saying this but give me like give me (laughs) give me a second to uh to to spell that out like a couple weeks ago on espn there was this incredible like four and a half and it was like an eight minute long football section of these four former it was like two former players and two journalists like breaking down elements of the game on espn prime it was like prime coverage middle of the day and just pure sport no drama no nonsense and then you flip over to what the basketball coverage is doing and like today i I, like zach lowe put out his league pass rankings right and kendrick perkins is taking him to task for for putting san antonio 28th and it's like this is terrible television people (laughs) want to talk like people want to talk about the elements of the sport that they love it's not always drama you know there's there's we're gonna i think circle to this in a second but like basketball as a sport is so approachable and it is so cool now it's imp- it's really hard to master okay you know a, a lot of people don't play past middle school but they're interested in it because it's it's you know you can go out into the backyard and and shoot hoops it's a really fun sport and so i just i think that this element of you know different people covering it in different ways can hopefully bring the sport back to kind of the mid 2000s uh popularity when you know dirk was really riding high Yeah. And I think it's the convergence of technology. Like we now have Mm. the capabilities, you know, everybody basically has the capability to, to join a green room or join a Twitter space or host one themselves or make a podcast. You know, we finally have the technical capabilities to do live streaming, uh, to take video and break it down. You know, Mm. studio 41 is like a very, yeah, very quickly. This is a very humble TV station. I mean, we streamed that preseason game and there was an audio delay and we tried fan jam with wireless mics and it didn't work. So like there's a lot of hiccups that we're trying to to fix along the way and we're learning very quickly. But, you know, that simply was not possible even like three years ago, you know. But then also I think the through line to it all, and this is something that Skin said forever, and Skin is like my my mentor in many respects. And he always said that Dirk is the the tide that lifts all boats, sure. right? And, you know, fans are becoming much smarter and Mavs Moneyball is great. Locked on Mavs is great. Studio 41, you know, we're trying to be great. Like there's so many great places for fans to go. 
but without Luca, you know, with yeah. without a competitive, yeah. competent basketball team, the interest probably just isn't even there. So I think that always kind of keeps you humble and grounded and everything. But also, you know, uh, hopefully. 20 years from now, whenever Luke is not on the Mavs anymore, hopefully by then there's even more stuff that we can talk about and interest will remain high no matter what, because there simply was such a dearth of content before that. Well, now's like, you know, and this is a good time to transition into the actual basketball. The past three years, four years, all of Luca is really when you start to form like those lifelong basketball fans. Tim Cato did that really interesting poll of like, how long have you followed the Mavericks? And there were these just incredible breakdowns of people who it's like, I started following at this, you know, 2003 Dirk era and have followed the whole time I started you know our guy Doyle Raider who has been a fan since birth somehow um like why like he just knows all the 80s Mavericks teams and then there's there's people you know who quite understandably like the the teens who have jumped on board during the Luka Doncic years and and that sort of stuff is fun because it's basketball is the kind of sport where specific players really do generate lifelong fans okay um you know, I did want to talk like some actual basketball stuff with you, but the funny part about this, and this is what my my co-editor, Josh Bowe, he did this last year too, even though he turned out to be very wrong. He's just like, I want to get to the playoffs already. There's not a ton of interesting stuff to talk about around this team. And I have, I'm really looking forward to this season because of what I think is going to be a very different season from last year. You know, you and I have talked a little bit about this offline the getting off to a good start feels like such an important element of what the Mavericks hope to achieve this year. So from what you've, you know, been around and been peripheral to during preseason stuff and, you know, what you've had access to is, is that something that's being emphasized because it has been a problem the past two years. I mean, I don't know if it's being emphasized publicly necessarily. Um, I'm sure it is internally. And I think that you can, we can kind of deduce that that's being taken seriously because Luca is in, very good shape. Looks good. Um, you know, last season, these are all things that at the time were couched as excuses, and maybe they were. You know, maybe they just were straight up excuses. But um, you know, the new ball, wherever that falls on your on your uh, blame <laughs> rankings, but you know, new coach, new system. There wasn't really like a set hierarchy. I mean, everyone kind of knew like Luca is. You know, this is Luca's sport. But like after that, is it like Luca KP one A one B one two one five? You know what? Where what is this ranking like? Where does Tim Hardaway Jr. fit in all this stuff? Is Jalen Brunson a six man or not? Like it feels like this year, maybe Christian Wood's closing role, I guess, is sort of a question. But the hierarchy and even like the rotation really feels a lot more set, a lot more defined, which does lend itself to maybe you know less exciting projecting because you sort of know what things are going to look like. But I think that also makes for more efficient early season basketball because instead of figuring things out, you're just kind of doing it. Now, there's still a lot of things to figure out. JaVale McGee figuring out, you know, the defensive scheme. Wood, what's his deal? Dinwiddie, Luca, how many minutes are they going to play? You know, there's still a lot of questions, but kind of like the main three or four ideas are already settled. And so it, it is kind of a little boring, but that means that like the foundation is laid and hopefully they can just you know, get things rolling because the first few games are tough. After that, it's a little easy and then it gets impossible. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't win these easy games at the beginning of the year, then you're going to be kicking yourself come Thanksgiving. I I couldn't agree more because this is one element. I think that that really optimistic fans overrate in that in the 2021 season. I know it's just last year, excuse me. Um, And last year from January 1st on the Mavericks went 35 and 12. 
that is a preposterous win rate in a professional basketball association. It's it's hard. Like if you're winning 55% of your games, you're considered to do outstanding. And the Mavericks are winning 75% of their games at that point in the year. So it's like just getting off to a good start is is very valuable to me. I will say one of the nice things that that about like the continuity. Yes, you're in, you're you're adding in two new, you know, potentially three some new rotation players, but I, I like the sort of um, the minutia that you can discuss where um, over the weekend, just due to kind of an assumption made about a Jason Kidd quote um, about who was playing with the second unit led to, you know, kind of a what ended up being a fruitless conversation about like starting lineup stuff. But like, that's one of my favorite elements of saying, well, what happens if these guys play together? You know, my, 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 personal guy that I tend to, to be the most curious about is, is Tim Hardaway. Um, and what, what does he do? Because, you know, Tim didn't have a very good season last year. I'm sure he would attest to that. And, you know, getting to play, you know, defense and sort of a scheme that has, has, you know, set responsibilities that they were finally figuring out around the time he got hurt. You know, how does he get his shot back? Like there's just a lot of, of fun stuff about this team that I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it, it comes out in the wash. And they have, you know, Tim, I'm assuming Denwitty's going to start. I think that that was kind of a, yeah. you know, we're running bits in the preseason, but, he, you know, Denwitty, he's going to play some of the second unit. Luke is going to play the rest. So it's going to be one of those guys with Hardaway, Kleba, Christian Wood, and then yeah. player five, whether that's Josh Green, Nilakina, Dorian, Bullock. That is a badass bench, man. Yeah. That is really, really good. <laughs> and so... Even if the starting minutes are clunky at times, even if whatever, they are going to be able to play pretty good basketball for 48 minutes. You know, they're going to have the horses out there to do it. There's not going to be, you know, maybe one guy per night is going to play where you're like, oh man, you know, hopefully they can catch their breath soon, guy on the bench and come back and, you know, get this guy out of here. Like they're going to have good players on the floor, four or five of them at all times, which is. A huge victory. This team feels way deeper than you know past couple of years. And I thought even last year's team was deep, but this year's team it feels like is way deeper. But maybe I'm a little uh, a little too bullish. Well, the depth is one of these things that's hard to discuss because you think of depth as an eight man rotation, and the simple fact is over 82 games between injuries, you know, uh, rest that needs to happen, personal reasons, things like that you don't have your full lineup of rotation guys that top eight or whatever every night. And so you need 11 guys and the Mavericks, I think have some guys this year that are in different positions to be able to help more because they're going to be asked to do less. You did say something that I wanted to touch on that just tickles me to no end. I was having a discussion with somebody the other day where it's like, well, you know, if, if Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway are, are playing together, the defense is, is, it's going to be kind of rough, you know, because Tim's not a great defender. Christian Wood's never been a great defender. And then the somebody, somebody responded back to me along the lines of, yeah, but they're playing in the second unit, so they're just going to be cooking the other team's second unit alive. So who cares about defense? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 2017-18 season, the Mavs' second unit, they won 24 games that year. The Mavs' That's second right. unit was J.J. Barea, Devin Harris, Dirk, Dwight Powell. You know, three of those guys were like 38, 39 years old. And then you had Dwight Powell. And that that lineup was so good that it almost cost the Mavs a top five pick. Like <laughs> this is it's the bench we're talking about. This is right. not the starting lineup. God, it's I'm I'm just 
you know, I'm glad that there's fewer preseason games because it means less nonsense to rifle through. But at the same time, it's like we're recording on Wednesday, the 12th. I think this is going to go up today. But we've not had basketball in five days. You know, I've been watching some of the other preseason stuff. It's just not the same. Like, I'm I'm itching to get going on this season. How about you? I think it's going to be fun, man. It, there's a lot of unpredictability, which in a league that has sort of been plagued for all eternity, let's be real, for the last 75 years or whatever, you kind of know pretty much what's going to happen before, you know, before it's even Thanksgiving or Christmas. I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know who are going to be the top six in either conference. I think there's a scenario in which every single team in the West could finish like ninth place. You know, uh, it's totally wide open. I think you're going to have 15 teams try to be good and 15 teams try to be completely awful. And, you know, that could lead to some pretty wacky trades. Like, I just think there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff to keep an eye on and a whole lot of stuff to watch not just with the Mavs, but also with their direct competitors. Like, imagine if a team is trying to tank and then they offload a really good veteran to the Pelicans. Like, we're all going to be pissed off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's just a lot of unpredictability, and so I'm I'm really, really, really excited for that aspect, and then also just for the Mavs, too. I think that they, they're primed to have a pretty good year if they can put it together and, and figure it out quickly. And if not, then that, you know, failure can be interesting, too. You know, this well, that's the story of Dirk's career in many respects, and I loved every step of the way, even the bad times. So my buddy, Matt Moore, you know, you know him, HP basketball uh, has been dead wrong on the Mavs for like four years in a row. And this year, (laughs) this year, he has just thrown up his hands and has fully thrown himself in on, on the Luka Doncic and the Mavericks experience to where he has so many Dallas based bets where he thinks that the market, the betting market in particular is just wildly overstating elements of Jalen Brunson's absence. And you know what? I, this is just for betting purposes, because I think the Mavericks will miss Jalen. Of course, it's it's a matter of how does it affect wins and losses. And there's just a lot of interesting stuff to look forward to. Now, it's really kind of more for hardcore fans. I think the, you know, the, the casuals among us are, are going to have to, to they're probably going to have pretty lofty expectations. But like you said, you know, there's going to be 15 teams that at some point in the year just decide to quit because there's a, a, a multi-dimensional prospect on the high on the the horizon and Victor Wembanyama and and teams are just going to be losing their minds you know uh trying to figure out how to tank for that and um it's it's going to be a funky fun season I'm I'm really looking forward to it um <clears throat> sorry and guys I should have addressed this up front I've been sick so my voice sounds like I'm a, a prepubescent boy but I apologize for that um yeah Bobby goes, I was wondering why do you look 14 right now what's going on <laughs> um yeah, and we're gonna go out. Uh, you, I think you and I are both gonna be out there at uh, at Skin and uh, Ben and Skin's live show tomorrow. And I think I have to talk at some point. I'm just like, I just need to drink like all the tea. Yeah, um, a lot of like tea and a lot of honey, man. That's the secret. Um, do you Not have a big else? tea guy myself. <laughs> right. Do you have anything else you would you would like to to plug before we get out of here? Where should people go and and subscribe and follow all these things that you guys are gonna be doing? I appreciate it. Uh, Mav Studio 41 on Twitter and Instagram. That's where we're going to post all the links to all the stuff we do. Obviously, the Mavs YouTube channel. Like I was saying before, we're going to do a lot more um, a lot more produced stuff. And then we have two hours on the radio on, on 97.1 The Freak every Saturday. So week one was 11 to 1. I'm not sure if that time slot is going to be the same every <laughs> week. Like, I think if we have a Saturday game, it might be in the afternoon leading up sure. to pregame or whatever. But we do have two hours every single Saturday on 97 won the freak and so i'm really looking forward to that and just generally like 
we're just trying to make stuff that people are going to enjoy and that people are going to want to pay attention to, whether it's once a week or twice a week or every single day. So y'all like stuff that we're doing. Let me know if you hate stuff that we're doing, let Kirk know and Kirk will let me know. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then we'll go from there, but it's, it's just fun, man. It's fun. I, I, I think this is going to be a fun season and you and I have sort of dreaded this moment for a really long time you know again we don't very we don't agree on everything all the time but like one thing that you and i have both said so many times is like this was the fun part like the getting good the, the expectations the yeah yeah expectations are low fun level is high mm-hmm. you go to the conference finals it's going to inverse you know if the mavs go 20 and 14 through the first 34 games people are going to be a little tense you know yep. so just just try and enjoy it Obviously, we want to succeed and and not you know flame out and and suck or anything, but like it's still, this is still fun. We get to watch Luca play basketball eighty two times. Like this is, people are very envious of Mavs fans, and so I hope we all can enjoy it this year. I like that. All right, guys, this has been Kirk Henderson, and Bobby Corrala. You know where to follow us, and if you don't, well, you know, do some googling. Uh, we'll be back at some point. I'm not, not sure who I'm talking to next. I have a number of, uh, I've been harassing a lot of my friends because once the season starts, it's a lot harder to get people together because everybody has to work and cover games. So this has been Kirk Henderson, and Bobby Corrala. This has been Kirk, your enthusiasm. Thanks so much and enjoy the rest of your week.